Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles In the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 75 of In the Marbles with Soda Ethan I am Ethan, you can find me on social media at Ethan. And I'm a old man Soda and you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter and Instagram. What'd you say? I had it wrong last week. At yeah. Soda underscore Hunter underscore Kevin. Yes. I believe. There yes. See, I don't, I don't, I'm not on Instagram too much. You won't, you won't see me on Instagram. I, I'm there, but you won't see me. <laughs> yeah, man. So oh. 75, who was the first, what's the first thing that comes to your mind with 75? Who do you think I'm going to pick? I'm curious. Oh my. Um 75. I think I know who it is, but I don't want Based on when I grew up, who am I going to pick? Okay, so 1942. Oh, really? oh god. Okay. First off, it wasn't even a NASCAR in 1942. Um <clears throat> goodness gracious. Okay, in 1991 there was a famous wreck involving Darrell Waltrip in the Pepsi 400. Uh-huh. Do you know the driver that was involved with that wreck with Daryl Walter, where Daryl Walter went tumbling down the back straightaway? Oh, there no. was a driver in a yellow, red, and blue car. Buckshot Jones. No, not no. 1991. 1991. Okay, so negative three years old. I would say <laughs> Jeff Green. No, uh, Rick Wilson. Rick Wilson. That was my next guess. Sure. <laughs> that's my. That's my. Uh, uh, I had the pit row die cast of it. You remember the pit row cars? I, yes, I do. Yeah, they were they're like plastic with big plastic wheels, and they they float. They uh they roll kind of like a uh, Hot Wheels, they're not Hot Wheels. Uh, Matchbox cars. They kind of were that kind of similar vibe to them. Not real heavy weighted die cast, but they were a little bigger than the racing champions ones too. But I had the uh, one sixty four scale Rick Wilson pit row car back in the day. Wow. And it always stuck out to me because he was involved in that wreck with Daryl Waltrip. Because that was a nasty wreck. If people yeah. ever want to go back and look at that, 1991 Pepsi 400, Daryl Waltrip and Rick Wilson. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube just with half of that, what I just yeah. said. So check it out. It's a gnarly wreck. It really is. What about you? Who you got at 75? Uh, this is actually a really simple number for me. So every time I think of 75, I think of Kyle Bush. And people might be like, well, when did Kyle Bush ever race the 75? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm that way, actually. 
2016. Yes, I, I know. Yes, you're right. Yeah, 2016, okay. Kyle Busch started the number 75 Eminem Sweat Camry in the All Star race at Charlotte. And it was like a celebration for Eminem's 75th anniversary. But fun fact so since this was not a point race, um, it says that Kyle Busch has no, has zero starts in the number 75. We all saw it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good call. Fantastic. Yeah, Good call. So, way to way to bring your uh, your driver back around to it. Yeah, thank That's you. Really That's really cool. Really, I've been sitting on this for like seventy five <laughs> episodes. I, mean, I can do this. Um, so this is a big moment for me. But before we really get into it, how have well, you? Been I mean, doing- you, you peaked then, and you we can just end the show right here. That's it, Pinnacle Ethan, right there. Yeah, as always, <laughs> peace, love, and all the above. So, see you next time. <laughs> uh, no, dude how how has everything been going this week for you? It's uh interesting. I you know, I'm turning 40 on Sunday. And I'm excited and anxious and uh nervous about it all at the same time. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, you know, you, the midlife crisis kind of stuff when you see oh, a big brother. number coming at you. You know, it's just but at the same time I'm going on a cruise for it. So you know, that's another reason why I'm really excited about it and anxious and nervous am i just gonna be seasick the whole time because i do get motion sick and seasick but i'm told that it's a big ship and you won't get that seasick on a big ship and i have measures to take to make sure i won't get seasick so i you know it's 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 a week <laughs> yeah i mean you're talking about midlife crisis at 40 man i've i'm 29 i've already had like six of them so like i get it man <laughs> it's 30 is like not okay for me so <laughs> 30 was fine i didn't i didn't feel anything at 30 i really didn't it was just like a it was a it was a milestone but it wasn't like a oh man i had my life's half over moment yeah you know like like 80 is a good life expectancy you know 40s halfway there like when you when you when you think about that and i know that's the most depressing thing that's like when your birthday's going up but when you think about that you're like ooh, <laughs> that's that's rough what am i gonna do the next 40 years you know that's it yeah let's put a little razzle dazzle in your life and think about i'm halfway to death all right <laughs> cool <laughs> i mean well uh other than my you know midlife crisis moments over here which i it's fine I'm, i'll be fine let me get past the week and let me have fun on this cruise and go to Mexico and all that. I'll be fine. Um, how's your week, man? Man, it's been busy. It's been really long. But I, I mostly have a question for you. Okay. And it's a, it's a question that Jessica and I have been debating for like, I think, three, four months now. So is it weird for you to have an abbreviated name for your pets? Hmm. So for an example... Um, this is super funny. So I had any. So for an example, our dog, obviously this dog has been, uh, Jessica's for the last four years. And then when they moved in with me, like this dog and I have just been best friends. Uh, his name is Apollo, but for short, I call him Apollyano Mambacatiliono. That, that doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? It's it's (laughs) his pet name. I feel like I feel like you should just call him the Benedetto. Yeah, and you get the same effect. <laughs> but so it's it's funny because I can actually say Apollyano my back to Leono. Um, I can't say Matt Bedetta Bedetta Bedetto. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
what's funny is last last time like not two weeks ago or whatever it was now you we went off yeah. off recording and you're like hey i can actually say that I yeah to say his name and then you tried he's like no you can't yeah i know yeah and then you did it off recording before we started here and you still couldn't say his name I'm yeah like, dude you can't say his name stop it. just quit yeah so uh, <laughs> i don't know so it's funny because apollo he like when she calls him apollo he'll kind of like kind of tilt his head and like kind of look back but when i call him apollyano and back to leono he like full-blown like well the tail is wagging like he comes up to me like he responds better to apollyano and back to leono is that weird it's like all the baby gibberish behind it like he thinks (laughs) you're because if you just say his name he's like what but if you keep talking after his name yeah he's like excited because you're talking to him oh my gosh it's so funny that that's exactly what that is you know, I mean, we, I don't, I've never had, I've never had anything like that, but on, like if you're talking about the abbreviated names, I've never had an abbreviated name for a dog that I can remember. We used to call, we were so original. We called one of our cats cat. Yeah, we did that because oh. we couldn't think of a good name for him. You almost made me spew my Mountain Dew on <laughs> that one, dude. His, that was, his name was cat. That cat was stupid. <laughs> stupid. Uh, a little insane. Um, he would like to, he climbed the curtains one day, <laughs> the blinds, you know, like the, the string blinds, you know, you twist the thing, it opens up, you twist it back, whatever, and you pull it up. Yeah, and down. Yeah, yeah. Just regular string blinds. And um, he climbed them one day while we were at work and we had an English bulldog and that cat. And this cat was like a medium sized cat, not like a full blown fat cat or anything, just a medium, you know, good, fast, thin cat. And he climbed these blinds and he got his uh, foot caught in it at the very top, Aww. like his back foot. So he fell back and he was crazy. He's, I, I, we couldn't, we could completely see him doing this because he's crazy. It was a crazy cat. He got his back foot caught in the blinds one day while we were both at work. And it was just me and my wife then, no kids. Mm. And my wife come home before I did. And when she got home, the dog, uh, the bull, English bulldog, her name was Dixie. She looked up. She was like looking up at the cat and looking back at the door, trying to get, you know, Nicole's attention. And she, she, she was just whimpering away at that cat because she's like, I can't do nothing about it. I want to help him, but I can't do nothing. The cat is just give up. And he's just, he just, he's like, I'm done. I can't get out. You know, just- I think, I think he wound up dislocating a toe or two. Oh, and that, but he was fine. He was probably fine. But like, there's no telling how long he was hanging there. How, really how did he get down? Uh, my my wife. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, he was like, no, I, I don't know if she wound up having to cut the blinds or something. Oh, but God. she <laughs> cat the cat was crazy. I just thought he like pulled out his claws and just like fell to the floor or something. No, no, he was still up there when oh, she wow. got home. <laughs> That's I can laugh about it now because it was uh. You know, at first she was freaking out. We took it, took the cat to the vet and the cat was fine. Oh, just, no. you know, little, you know, like a swollen paw, I think a dislocated uh, toe or two, something like that. It wasn't nothing crazy. I mean, they didn't even have to have a cast or anything like that, whatever was wrong with it. Oh, that was so long ago. I don't remember. I was a guy about 12, 15, no, about 15 years ago now. That happened. The, the upper body strength in that cat. My goodness. Well, it was a, it was the back foot. Oh, the, yeah, he was hanging upside down. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Did you say that? Yeah, like, I did. 
Oh, so well. <laughs> well, I don't want to bring the podcast down with that or anything like that. It's just a funny. <laughs> it's funny now. At the time, you know, my wife was freaking out. I was like, I just walked in. The cat was hanging upside down the blinds, and Dixie was going crazy trying to trying to help it, and we couldn't. She couldn't do it. I'm like, yeah. And I I came into work after that, and I come home after that, and cat was fine. It's just a crazy cat, absolute crazy cat. Anyway, that cat's name was Cat because we couldn't come up with a name for it. It didn't have a name. It was just Cat. Oh, Cat. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we had some uh, fancy football stuff going on this week with some of our podcast friends. Yes, we did. Um, So when I won last week, uh, I didn't win this week by a lot. Oh. <laughs> I think I even beat Jess. <laughs> you did? Yeah. For a minute there, I was like, oh, at least I'm going to beat I'm going to be Ethan, Drew, and Eric. So that's good. Nope. Ethan Psych. beat me. So at least <laughs> I got to beat Drew and Eric, two big football people. So at least I got to beat them too. All right. Yeah. Um, and then the uh the stolen gimmicks fancy football thing that we all like had a big draft for and stuff. Because three brews is fan duel. That's a weekly thing. We pick our people every week. And stolen gimmicks, when we're in their fantasy league, we drafted and we have the same players all year long, basically. Um, I was going against Drew. So thanks to a, a couple of good performances and a couple of bad performances, I beat old Drewy two times. Drewy two times. <laughs> I had to see. <laughs> I beat him by one spot in the three brews, and I beat him by like, what, 30 or 40 points, something like that. Uh, he he had some bad luck with his team. He really did. But thankfully, he had Tua, and every time Tua threw it and got a touchdown, he pretty much threw it and got a touchdown with my receiver. So anytime yeah. Tua got points, I got points. So it kind of washed out, thankfully, because you got Tua, you could do some damage on somebody because he's he's on fire this year right now. But um, uh, well, speaking of Drew, though, I want to do a quick, quick thank you. Like, I, I joke about, you know, winning the fantasy thing. Uh, I'm sure he, you know, he was, uh, he talked about it last week. He says, like, going to get soda this week. Uh, he did pretty good last week and all that. It's like, yeah, I mean, and I was scared to death because he had Tua, because I knew Tua was going to light it up. But um, big shout out to Drew. He sent me a package the other day nice. and it was full of cards. So it was a, uh, a Richard Petty. And oh god, I don't have it with me. It's actually behind me over there somewhere. But um, it was a Richard Petty and a Bill Elliott card in there. But then there was like like twelve Alabama cards on top of that. And you had people like I think I think it was a Derrick Henry, a Waddle. Um, there was a Bryce Young in there. Uh, several other people. I think there was a Landon Dickerson in there. I think I think I, I think I remember seeing Landon Dickerson and um, even. Uh, a, a legend, like an old Alabama player from like, God, I guess it was about 25 years ago now, Sean Alexander. And I didn't even know they were still making cards with Sean Alexander's name on it. So really, really cool. It, it was fun going through all that. Like, especially, you know, you a lot of them in the last 10, 12 years, but then all of a sudden you get that one real big throwback in there from when I was a kid. I was like, that's awesome. That was really cool. It's a big Big uh, shout out to Drew. That was a really cool, and I really appreciate it. I want to say thanks. Yeah, I mean, even though that we we I could say we stomped him in the fantasy football league, I mean, he is still 
whipping us in our own fantasy uh, cup series. So he still has that going for him. And I'm sure it's not going to take very much for him to bounce back. I'm getting closer. I'm having better races in the playoffs. I'm getting closer. You're still you're still behind me, pal. So yeah, but I'm getting, getting closer, closer. If you're getting closer, I'm getting closer. Like my overall debt to the leader is shrinking. My position yeah. might not be going up, but my overall debt to the leader is shrinking. But you know whose position is going up and who is really about to fight for a championship here? Nicole's. Nicole, yeah. She's on the verge. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm happy know, for her. I'm very excited for her. I'm also very excited for Jessica. And, you know, there, uh, when we talk about the fantasy cup stuff, I, um, you know, that deficit that, uh, the leader had, wait, no, the leader did not have a deficit. The lead that the leader had, had lead. yes. um, I might've played a little bit of a, uh, helping hand in lowering that. And I didn't even mean to, but we'll cover that a little bit later. Um, so last week when we were talking about fantasy football, I was very, um, quiet. I didn't have much to, you know, um, conversate with because I didn't really want to sound stupid, but like, here we are. And like, it's just kind of my thing, I guess. So this week I actually took the initiative to t- take down some notes about some people, um, or like kind of what I was seeing one, obviously being Nick Chubbs, um, don't. So, <laughs> so in a look, in NASCAR, look, 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 hang on, Nick Chubb, Chubb, yes. Oh, there's just one. Just yes, it's just one. Chubb. Oh, okay, so there's just one Chubb. <laughs> so there's not multiple. There's just one Nick. Yes, Chubb. Okay. one Chubb. <laughs> so not Nick Chubbs, but just Nick Chubb. Um, in the NASCAR world, we'll call that blowing a tire. Um, dude, my goodness, that was gruesome and. Uh, I know we have a lot of uh, Ohio Blew a tire, dude. You come back from a blown tire. Yeah, you, okay. you change the tire, get back out there. He like, I don't know. What would you compare that to? I mean, toe link, toe link, toe link, <laughs> tie rod, something like he blew the whole dang thing out. Um, Man, I'm not laughing about it. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at the, at the uh, commentary here that we're doing. I'm not laughing at that. Injury yeah. was awful. I hate oh my seeing God. it. I absolutely dude, hate was- seeing it. I mean, I have no connection with Chubb or, or um the oh. Browns or anything like that. In fact, I I don't even really I can't even tell you where Chubb played in the in college, honestly. I don't know. I just have no connection with him at all. And I hate seeing that mess. Yeah. Absolutely hate it. It's like it like as an Aaron Rodgers fan, I hated seeing that the first week. Yeah. Too. I mean, it wasn't as gruesome as that. I think if you zoomed in, you could see that you could oh. see when his Achilles tore. Uh, but uh, <laughs> okay um but the chub thing that's very very noticeable it's like a sid vicious moment oh my goodness I just, oh yeah man. i hate so, it i hate it for him i i was actually i guess i might have forgotten that there was a football game on monday night uh, so i was watching monday night raw and ty from uh three brutus podcast we were snapchatting each other and uh he was watching the browns and i was like oh my gosh i didn't know there was a game and he told me he was like yeah our our there best player our best player just broke his leg. And I was like, what? So I went to X and I saw the, um, unfortunately I saw the, uh, slow-mo replay mm-hmm. and I watched it and I almost fainted. <laughs> I almost fainted because it, it zoomed in slow-mo replay. Mm, yeah. My goodness. That was disgusting. I immediately put my phone down. I walked right into the bedroom and I was like, Jessica, 
I hate football. And she's like, Oh, are you losing that bad? I'm like, yes, but that's not the point. No. And I showed her the replay and she was like, okay, you need to get your phone away from me. That was horrific. Um, but so we're not even going to go too far into the Nick Chubb because I know we have a lot of, uh, oh, size the beam? <laughs> well, I just want to make sure everybody knows that I know his name is not Chubbs. Chubba. Now. Chubba. Chubba. Wouldn't it be Chubb? Because there's two Bs. Um, two Bs and no S. You, you knew it was two Bs. But you <laughs> yeah. So Nick Chubb. Chubb uh, we're not going to talk about him because I don't want to put our, our Ohio friends in any more depressional state that they might be already in. I need well, I need help from my Ohio friends. I need to learn how to lose gracefully. Oh, yeah. I don't. Look, I'm a I, I'm lifelong Alabama fan here. OK, I, I knew how to do it before 2008. I knew how to do it, okay, because we did not have good teams. Like, 99 was – like, 92 was a good team. We had a couple decent years in the early 90s. 99 was a really good team, and after that, I think we had a 110 win year, but the rest of it was just junk. I I remember going to a dang Alabama game against Duke, and we were legit wondering if we were going to win the game before Nick Saban got there. Mm -hmm. Duke, you don't lose the games to Duke when you're in the SEC. That's not how it works especially back then. And we, I, I remember at halftime, I think we were winning by like four or seven points. I can't remember how much, but we were barely winning and it didn't look like we were doing anything. And the crowd was booing the team going to halftime because this is Duke. I remember how to do it. I, I, I don't remember. That's the point. I knew how to do it. I don't know how to do it anymore. You know, like we lost to Texas. Texas is a really good team. We did really good for three quarters. And then the offense never got going at all. The defense did good for three quarters, but then they were gassed at the end and they just, you know, they let them score all over the place because they just didn't have anything else. They couldn't get off the field because the offense wouldn't keep drives going. And then we go and play South Florida, playing these two other quarterbacks, trying to figure something out. Dude, that was the most stressful non-important game I have ever seen under Nick Saban. And yeah, it's not his fault because he is legit the greatest coach of all time. They're in a weird transition right now, going from like four straight years of superstar, probably five straight years of superstar quarterbacks, right? Between Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungvaloa and Mac Jones and Bryce Young. When they haven't done that in a long time, they do not have a superstar quarterback. Like maybe in a year or two they will, but right now they do not have. They just have to have a game manager that doesn't make mistakes. And right now they don't have that. And I need to know from my Ohio fans how do how do you lose gracefully? Well, because they know a little bit. Maybe not Ohio State fans as much, oh. but the Ohio fans know the Browns and Bengals. They're not notoriously the best teams in the world. Is that wait 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 wait? Is that soda? Is that you throwing shade? It's it's a little shade. Yeah, it is. But I just it's it's more of a perspective, so to yeah. speak. Because you know when Bama gets beat, we do need to put things in perspective. That um, <clears throat> you're from Ohio. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm sorry. That was mean. I'm just we're gonna keep going. No. Oh, show your teeth <laughs> more, pal. That was that. It took me a little while to like understand what you were doing, but I was after I got it, I was like, my gosh, I love when you get rowdy like that. That's awesome. Um, so 
I did take notes on um, just some things I saw, and it was about Nick Chubb and uh, Travis Kelsey. So mm. I'm going to kind of just really quickly run down some of the things that I kind of noticed with Travis Kelsey. Obviously, I'm from Kansas, so like I'm obligated to cheer for the Chiefs. Plus, I don't know anything else, so I'm just going to go with it. So it's some a good of the thing things to cheer for. Yeah, so uh, obviously it was good to see Travis Kelsey back in action this past week. Um, he definitely arrived in style, not wearing a cardigan, but I mean, proving that he's still the man. Uh, hopefully he can just, you know, shake it off and get back to December mindset. Obviously last December was uh, a, fit- a fantastic run he had. Uh, but the love story between him and Patrick Mahomes has not changed, uh, not even by a little bit. And everyone knew that they were in trouble acting like the anti-hero in their wildest dreams. So one thing is for sure, he is still as fearless as always. Um, but someone needs to tell him, like, dude, you need to calm down because you're not John Cena. Like, I can see you, you know, but if you're going to go down that route, road, you better be ready for it because he's not afraid to shed some bad blood. You know, uh, he'll rip you to shreds and he'll look back at you and say, look what you made me do. So pretty much what I'm saying is your boy is back. My boy is back because he's in my fantasy league for uh, stolen gimmicks. Uh, really excited to see Travis Kelsey back. Really excited to see the combination and the connections between him and Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, this part of the country we call Patrick Mahomes God, uh, but for you know the the podcast purposes, we can probably just call him Patty Mac Daddy. Um, so really, I'm excited not calling to- him that. I'm sorry. What you do it? I'm not calling him that. <laughs> Patty Mac Daddy. Yeah. No. Oh well. Okay. Okay, everybody else, everybody around here does. So, uh, you know, we can just do it that way. Um, but, you know, one thing that I've actually kind of noticed, and I want everyone to be like, like, I want everyone to understand that three weeks ago, I did not know nothing about football. Um, like, I didn't know the little numbers on the end, like the bottom of the screen. Like, I didn't know why there were so many like little white lines on the field. I mean, enough white lines that Hulk Hogan would blush, but like, I didn't know what any of that like meant. So now speed up two weeks later, I have been religious, like relentlessly and ruthlessly trying to study and trying to understand football. So I understand the, the, the sport, like the, the game of it. Right. So like one thing that I didn't understand was at the bottom of the screen, they'll say, let's say, um, second and seven. So now I know that means that they're in the second down and they have seven more yards to get the first down. So like I get all that stuff and I'm even confident enough where if you quizzed me and gave me like cities, I'm pretty confident that I can do the majority of their like mascots, like Kansas city chiefs, stuff like that. Like I can, I'm very confident that I could probably do that. So what? Okay. Okay. First, my brain's got to come back all together after that entire rant you just had. Yeah. Um, bear with me. I got some soup up there. I got to mush it back in place. Yeah. Um, goodness gracious. Uh, first off, is is Hulk Hogan notorious for 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 the white lines? I thought that was more like Jake the Snake or Iron Sheet or Hacksaw. I didn't know Hulk Hogan was that notorious. I just thought that was steroids with him. But I, I mean, sure, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you said his name. <laughs> yeah, I was right off the top of the dome. I can only think of Hulk Hogan because he's obnoxious. So okay. Um, <laughs> next, uh, I'm not going into a Hulk Hogan debate. 
Let's go. Um, next, I've so lost my train of thought already. Um, so the team names are not always going to be a mascot. Test me. No, I'm not. No, you not understand what I'm saying. Oh, the like. I don't know the mascots of the NFL teams. They all have names. They're all different characters and animals, but they're not always what the team name is. You know, the team name is like some like, okay. I don't know the NFL as much as I do college. Okay. But like Alabama, they are the Crimson Tide. That's not a mascot. What's their mascot? Uh, tiger. Oh my gosh, you did. I don't that on know. Purpose. I don't know. College you stuff. had to have done that on purpose. No, I am going to hang up Tony the Dad Tiger computer right now. <laughs> Tony, you the know tiger. What the biggest rivals are the Tigers. Oh, see, no, I did not know that. That's great. <laughs> There's too many daggum tigers in the SEC. I really did not know that. An elephant. Our mascot is the elephant. What? Yes. That's what I'm saying. The Crimson Tide. We we were called Alabama. I don't know what we were called before. Alabama football team. Who knows? University of Alabama football team. Hmm. And a writer somewhere said that because we wore crimson, that that our uh, offensive line looked like a – our defensive line looked like a Crimson Tide washing over the offense to get to the quarterback and say, okay, that's cool. We're the Alabama Crimson Tide. We like that. And it also plays into Alabama has a uh, phenomenon in the Gulf called the Crimson Tide. It's, I can't go into all the details exactly what all that entails, but it's a, it's actually a thing that happens in the Gulf of Mexico. And then another writer said that the offensive line looked like a herd of red elephants. Oh, because they, they were so big. So for a little bit, we were called the red elephants. Yeah. yeah, that was the team that was over there called the Crimson Tide, but they they were the Red Elephants also. And that got just kind of morphed into just an elephant mascot. So now our elephant named Big Al is on the sidelines for the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's like with Auburn, they do the War Eagle, but they're the Tigers. You know, it's just, I'm just, that has nothing to do with NFL, but I'm just saying the mascot and team names are not quite always the same thing. Oh. Like, yeah, you could probably say, what are the uh, Baltimore? I'm quizzing you. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, say it one more. I was Baltimore. looking at this, the spider. I'm like watching the spider walk across the kitchen floor. Okay. You Bal- said quiz you. Baltimore. Ravens. Yeah, see, I don't know if the mascot, I don't know mascots on the NFL. Well, they okay, don't get so- any attention. I don't know if the mascot on the sideline is a Raven or not. It probably is. I don't know. I don't know his name. So I, I don't. Sure. I think mascot. I wasn't like I was just saying that as like a placeholder. Like I don't yeah, know team name. Yeah, team. Well, you name. could do the that, team That's name. what I should have said. <laughs> yeah, team names. Well, you just about ticked me off to the royalist uh, point that I could have been with that Alabama Tiger thing. Oh, so the so it's the Alabama Crimson Tide elephants. Just Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Um, can I ask you uh, really fast, and we'll get on to the NASCAR talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, one question about Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, how many times a week do you listen to Sweet Home Alabama? 
during football season at least two or three times. <laughs> what about off season? Not not as much as you think. Oh, okay, good deal. It, it it plays literally every single program that has an Alabama game plays Sweet Home Alabama at some point, whether it's the pregame, anytime game day is. Uh, college football game day. Anytime that there any show that does a show from Alabama, they play the song in the stadium. They play it before the game starts. They play it just about in every quarter in the stadium, also because there's a cheer that goes along with it. So on game day, especially if you're there or if it's all centered around Alabama, then you're going to hear it like ten times. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, some crazy number like that. But huh. for a while, that was my ringtone. Oh, I knew it was. So <laughs> I knew it. That's actually if you so you've never called me on the phone, like actually like a phone call, but if you did, it would be Sweet Home Alabama. Like I have it set up like in my phone already and I'm just waiting for the day. So, there I'll you have go. to do it when kickoff starts in. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I'm not not lying. That was my ringtone for a little bit. I, and I'm not and lying. so was the uh University of Alabama fight song. That was my ringtone for a little bit too. Like right now, I think it's a Back to the Future theme, but um, yeah, I have had both of those as ringtones. I'm not gonna lie, and so has the reason why I don't is because it's so common around here that four or five people in a crowded area will pull out their phones and look oh, at their man. phones when Sweet Home Alabama starts playing. That is not a not a joke. That is a legit thing that happens. So I had to change it off of Sweet Home Alabama because I didn't know if it was my phone or somebody else. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> and you were one of them. You pulled that phone out so fast. You're like, oh, I was. Man. So I was like, okay, I got to change this. So, and then once in a while, the fight song, I do that too. But Sweet Home, Al- Sweet Home Alabama is like legit the most popular ringtone where I live right now. So, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, anyway, so we got kinda- we are a NASCAR podcast. Yeah, Go ahead. tie it back to NASCAR really fast. So uh, this past Cal is in two weeks. Yeah, no, are, you, are you going? I have to work. Oh, just quit. Just quit your job. Go to go to Talladega. No, you deserve I'm, it. I mean, I'm going to Mexico. Yeah, but I mean that's Mexico. I'm, we're talking about Talladega here. You know, they got NASCAR in Mexico. Talladega. You know, like it's even a song. Um, that, that that's that's it. That's how it goes. Talladega. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so one cool thing about Bristol, which is where we were racing at this past weekend, uh, this past Sunday at the Bristol night race, uh, they have, they have, uh, in, well, not entrance songs, but, um, what do they call it? Entrance songs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Intro, intro, intro doc, driver intro songs. Yeah, sure. So I asked you this question last year. Uh, if you were a race car driver in the NASA, I knew it. <laughs> we're I talking about it as the first thing in my mind. Sweet home Alabama. Why not? Yeah, mine mine would be Grand by Kane Brown. If you have not heard that song, you need to stop. Just pause this podcast really fast. Go listen to that song and then report back to us. I want a 50-word essay from everybody that listens to this episode of how much they love that song. So that's your homework. Does it Yeah. Does it seem like I would have listened to that song? I, absolutely. Really? Do you Have you heard that song? I have not. Well, you have homework, bud. 50 words okay if it comes on on the deck party in the cruise i'll I'll listen to it i it should it absolutely should <laughs> grand g-r-a-n-d by kane brown i'm glad you spelled it thank you 
my my <laughs> I have a broken nose and my pronunciation isn't the best. So the M's and the N's and the and the B's and the D's and stuff, you know. Oh my god, what's going on? <laughs> Anyways, off so, the rails this evening. 75, baby. Delirious. Uh, so it's 75, dude. 75 episodes. 15 more, and we're at a hundred. It's the third quarter quell in Hunger Games. Yes. You have no idea what I just said. No. <laughs> you don't watch me. Are we going hunting? Is that what you're saying? We're going quail hunting? Honestly, half the people listening to this probably don't know what the heck I just said. Wait, okay, say it again. The third quarter quell in Hunger Games. Yeah, boy. And you put a little respect on that, you know? What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know what Let's talk about, about Bristol. All Let's right. About Bristol. Yeah. Well, it's about time for a break, huh? Honestly, it's here we are 40 minutes into a NASCAR podcast. We haven't said now. Really, let's do that. We're we're like 30, we we got like five minutes of pre show going on. So we got 35 minutes in right now. Let's take a quick break, calm down a little bit, get all this non NASCAR stuff out of our system. We'll talk about some cars going in circles and turning left. I know you hate to hear that. Mm, I hate it. I know I do too, but other people still say it. And and Three Brews even has a, a button for us, I think. You don't think it's not it's not a person saying it the exact same way every time. Don't they have a button that does the boogity boogity? Yeah, they have a yeah. the little thing. Boogity. I don't usually I'm not usually in a position to watch it, so I can't see them actually touch a button when that comes up. But they have a soundboard for it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and then stolen gimmicks, they always do that thing and, and Drew's starting to do it too. So it's like Yeah. What's going well, on? Okay. That's cool. <laughs> we're 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 trendy. What can you say? I mean, I we love started it. the commercial thing. Uh, there's like four or five shows doing that now. Yeah. And um, we got sound effects on every single episode. Even, we're you know, I even noticed that this week in, in particular, uh, my catchphrase at the end of the show, uh, as always, peace, love, and all the above. Yeah, people are stealing it. Yeah, like Jordan <laughs> on Stolen Gimmicks and then Ryan on Three Brews. Like, it's all over, man. We need a teacher to that. <laughs> peace, love, and all the above. As always. Have the above point up to like a NASCAR track. Yes, sir. Peace, love, and all the above. Yeah, I like it. Um, I got I got to come up with some shirt designs, but we need to take a break. Quit. Yes, talk. please. Um. <clears throat> all right, skinny mixes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so so dang giddy tonight. I don't know what's going on. It's um. Let's go to. I want you guys to check out skinnymixes.com. We just got a big shipment in not too long ago. All the fall stuff. All the pumpkin stuff. It's like six or seven different flavors of pumpkin. So if you if you basic, like the pumpkin stuff, go. It's all there. All these different syrups you can put in your coffees. They're all either like really, really low in sugar or sugar-free. Some of them have the MCT oils that cater to keto diets. Um, they also have syrups for um, waters, like water-enhancing syrups, and also alcoholic beverage uh, mixes too that are sugar-free or really, really low in sugar, low in carbs, stuff like that. Um, if you if you want to go that route, I highly recommend SkinnyMixes.com. I've been using this thing for, using this service for almost, probably about two years now. And I was using it well before I got a code for it, for the show. And I'm going to keep using it well after this code expires. But right now the code's good. If you go to SkinnyMixes.com, use the code MARBLES at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order. I promise you, you will really enjoy this. And you'll add a, if especially if you're a big coffee drinker, you'll add a whole lot 
to your morning coffee. And you'll really, I promise you'll thank me for it. Go to skinnymixes.com, use code MARVELS at checkout for 10% off your first order. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. Hey, we're live, pal, and we'd love for you to come check out our podcast, Tales from the Estate. Each week, we talk about our top five favorite somethings. My beautiful wife, Caitlin, likes to share all sorts of random facts. Yeah. Did you know that cows have accents? We did now. But we also review all sorts of snacks and other great things. And so if you love everything random, I think you'd enjoy Tales from the Estate. So come check us out. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hi, I'm AJ. I'm Tyler. And I'm Ryan. And we're Three Brews Podcast. We're a show where us three brothers sit down to talk about brews and everything else. Check out our website, threebrewspodcast.com, and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Um, give mm-hmm. me a second. Sorry. Sure. Let's go ahead. There's a massive spider, and it's crawling towards me. Hang on. <laughs> Not today, Satan. <laughs> this is all staying in. Oh, there you are. This is all staying no, in. He doesn't no, know it. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, it won't die. It won't. Oh my God, it's not us. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, that was the dog right across the floor, not the spider. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, so after hearing Ethan try to kill a spider for ten minutes back in the background, I'm leaving all that in. That's that was awesome, dude. I just went to war, <laughs> and then we heard the dog run across. And like, I hope that wasn't a spider. Polly on him back to no no. Oh my god, I'm crying. This is hilarious. Okay, oh Bristol, hey, huh. Bristol. This is a. Yeah. Uh, not the shortest track, but the, the the quickest lap times. Yes. They were running almost 14 second laps in qualifying. It was like 15 one mm-hmm. or something like that. It was crazy. They're all yeah. they're almost under 15 seconds a lap at this place. Um, not the shortest track. The shortest track is Martinsville. But usually one of the most entertaining short tracks they go to. What did you think about this week's race? I personally, I loved it. I love Bristol Night Race. I've said it a billion times. I'm going to say it a billion more. It was my first ever NASCAR Cup Series race back in 2017. It was, dude, it's just magical. Even watching it on TV, it's just simply magical. Um, I really loved the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try a big word, the intricacy. No. No. The intricacy. That's it. They'll say it all together real fast. Intricacy. 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. I really yeah. like the intricacy <laughs> of how. Well, uh, if hard... you get it the first time, don't say it again. <laughs> I really loved watching how these drivers had to, uh, like, be so precise <laughs> on the movements, like setting up someone, you know, setting someone up to to pass them in the corners. Like it was so difficult, and like you had so many options. So you had the PJ one down at the bottom, so you could run the bottom all race long. Definitely not suggested to do that because the momentum was right next to the wall. It's just an incredible racetrack. And the stuff on the bottom eventually started wearing out. So you would, you would end up kind of losing speed a little bit towards the end of the race on the bottom. Yeah. Because it would kind of get glossy. So you wouldn't have the grip that you would normally have on the bottom just because, I mean, because they had to reapply it before the race started because it had wore out over the weekend. So, I mean, yeah, I don't. Okay. What is your feeling on putting that traction compound on the racetracks? Uh, It depends on the racetrack. So like for like this coming weekend at Texas, I don't want to see it on that racetrack whatsoever, but somewhere like Bristol, I'm okay with it because it, you know, we, we back in, you know, 95, like Bristol was, bottom lane dominant like you had to be on the bottom lane otherwise you're going you're sinking all the way to the back now with the traction compound and with um them remodeling the the racetrack the momentum is right up next to the wall so if you want to cruise right up next to the wall you can make momentum but putting that pj1 gives the drivers another option so it really depends on what what track they do it on it's so weird i know some people the concept of going the long way around the racetrack being faster yeah, blows people's minds. Right. I know I, because when I was um, <clears throat> when I was a kid, uh, before I even before I was racing or anything, um, I was watching NASCAR with a with, with somebody. I think somebody's dad or something. I don't know. And he had mentioned like, like, why don't they just go around the bottom of the track? It's the shortest way. Why are they going all the way up there against the wall? That's that's just, that's got to be slower because it's the longest way around the racetrack. And I was like, well, no, because you're looking at momentum off a higher banking and you're not having to slow down as much to make a sharper corner. And it, it just it blows people's minds. It just straight up when you're not strictly following it all the time and you don't see the differences in track to track, like how at California, Michigan, you can have four or five rows and they all run equally across the whole corner. It doesn't make any sense to some people. It's like, why wouldn't the, the shorter way around the racetrack, especially a wide track, something like California was, you know, <clears throat> why wouldn't that make more time? You know, but for, for people that follow the sport a long time, it doesn't really, I mean, it's, it's common knowledge and it's like second nature. Uh, when, especially when you get into these uh, progressively banked tracks, but it is funny how that does like kind of not compute with some, some people like I understand it. you know, the shorter way around the racetrack is what it is. It is the shorter way you figure you'd make better time. But even on the track I raced at, it, there were plenty of times where the top lane, especially in three and four, I would be up on the wall anytime I could, because it was more fun to drive and you got faster, especially coming off the corners. Yeah. You, know, you might lose some towards the middle of it, but you'd be able to get back on the gas faster because you have less, turning radius you know you can really hang the car out there and just 
full throttle off the corner. And that gets you more momentum down the straightaway. And um, I'm always back and forth when it comes to traction compound because I feel like that goes into manufacturing racing, you know, kind of like the kind of like how the restrictor or the, the super speedway packages do. I'm going to call it a restrictor plate race package for my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> because for my entire life up until recently, it has been a restrictor plate race. Right. Now it's just super speedway. Just like Twitter and X. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um, like it took me years to get WWF out of my system. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's like, it's, it's kind of like that in a way where they kind of manufacture the tight racing. But I also understand the idea given options, but at the same time, how do you feel like the normal fan? What do you think the normal fan feels about the bristle we saw this weekend? Um, so traditionalists probably didn't like it, right? Because they remember the the bottom lane dominant bump and run type of style of mm -hmm. racetrack. And it's just not what it is anymore. When they repaved it, like everything changed. I now even so oh, it's more have, just a repave. They like ground it. Well, yeah. Yeah, they so, completely changed the configuration of it in the corners where they have progressive banking. Yeah. So one uh I have this racing term that I love to use and you guys probably have heard me say it a hundred billion times and I'm going to say it even more death wobble. And this weekend <laughs> we saw a lot of death wobbles of uh, even racing down the bottom in that PJ one, like you still got death wobbles. Um, absolutely. Just, I don't know if you're a NASCAR fan, if you're a racing fan and you watched Bristol this past Sunday, or sorry saturday and you didn't like what you saw i don't know what to tell you like that was some really very awesome racing like mm -hmm. i was a huge fan of it i mean it's funny how i i have troubles watching a two-hour movie but i can watch 500 laps at bristol no problem as i will say that most of the race was extremely exciting yes it really was it kind of ended with a you know but it was really, really exciting all the way up until the end of it when Denny Hamlin just took off and won. <clears throat> but I agree. I, I guess the, uh, I guess I'm okay with the traction compound on this particular race because you do want multiple grooves. I also do, you know, I am kind of one of those people that like seeing people hanging out up there by the wall. Yeah. So if that's the fastest line, then that's cool. That's cool with me. Figure out a way to get around them. Yeah. You know. And then, you know, the, and I know this is where we're going to, you and I are going to kind of have different opinions. Uh, but I was really excited when NASCAR announced that in 2024, both Bristol races will be on concrete. So the same, it's not going to be the same racing because, you know, this was a night race. And then when we go back to Bristol in 2024 for the spring race, that's going to be a daytime race. So it's going to be completely different. Yeah. Cold race temperatures too. It's probably going to be really, about yeah. 50s or something like that. Yeah, very cool temperatures. Like it's going to be a completely different uh, race, but I'm really excited to see, to you know, and I say finally, but like you know, it's only been like three years, but like I want to see how different it is compared to the Bristol Night Race that we just watched on Saturday. I I like the variety. I love seeing them on dirt. I hope it. I hope it comes back in some form eventually. Maybe not if if not Bristol somewhere, 
But um, yeah. <clears throat> I think they deserve, I think they deserve that because yeah. I mean, I, I know there's a, you could tell the drivers that are not good at Bristol dirt, how they responded to the spring spring race coming back to concrete. Yeah. You could tell which drivers are not good at it because of on uh, Twitter all right, and exactly. how excited they were. And then you could see some of them didn't respond at all. And you're like, yeah, I think they're a little disappointed that we're not, we're not getting dirt back, but you know, whatever. It doesn't seem like most of the fans want it anyway, because you got people coming in saying it's not real dirt racing. It's like, well, you're racing on dirt. It is real dirt racing. That's a stupid opinion, but it's whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway. And speaking of things not coming back, so bristle dirt's not coming back. You know what else is not coming back? Auto club. Oh, no, don't say that. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> but I do have a little bit of a little, a little insight on that. Uh, no, but what I was getting to was Matt Badinadito. He ain't coming back, bro. I don't know him. Matt, who's that? Matt Badinadito. Are you calling your dog? Sorry. No. Uh, what? No. <laughs> Pollyanna, my back to Leono. I can actually do that one. Um, Matt Bedetto is uh, last. Benedetto. Bedetto. Thank you. That's what I said. No, that's, no, no. Say it again. Anyway. Say it one more time. No, go ahead. <laughs> so Matt Bedetto <laughs> announced last week that he uh, next season he's not coming back to the twenty-five or yeah, the number twenty-five truck in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Um, didn't have you know any sort of insight of where he was going to land uh, uh, land next season. Well, oh, when you make statements like that, sometimes there might be a little bit of a uh, you know repercussions. So um, his team, and I'm not, I'm so confused. So is his sponsor the same as his racing team? I don't know. Okay, so <clears throat> Rackley, it might be because that, that is a thing. Like Red Bull Racing was a thing. Yeah, so that's true. I don't know. So Rackley, R-A-W, I don't know if that's supposed to say, like you're supposed to spell that out or whatever. So Rackley uh, says that they will have a new driver for the final three races of this season, which is Talladega, Homestead, and Phoenix, after Matt Matty D announced that he's not coming back to the team next season. That's petty. Is that foot-in-the-mouth situation? It's, no, it's just it's petty. They They didn't like the fact that he wanted to go somewhere else. And I'm sure if that was if it was the case, then he probably didn't have a contract to drive anywhere past two years. But they didn't like the fact that he wanted to go somewhere else. So they said, fine, just leave now. We don't even have a driver named yet. They didn't they don't have a driver. They don't. They just said he's not gonna be here. We don't know who's gonna be in our truck, but he's not gonna be there. I mean Eddie. That's bold, um, especially last season. Matt D got his first ever NASCAR win ever. Yeah, the only win that team has. In the exact same truck at Talladega, which is the <laughs> next race. So very bold. Um, petty, petty. I don't know. Childish. So uh, moving on, trying to get through some of this stuff pretty quickly. The Benedetto, uh, by the way. Go. But did a bit. Uh, let me say it last. So at least his name will be out there. The Benedetto. Move on. <laughs> okay. Track <laughs> Track House uh Racing announced that Zane Smith has signed a multi-year deal with the team and also announced I'm, that the team, I'm excited for that. Anyway, go ahead. I am I am very excited about it as well. And then the team also announced an alliance with Spire Motorsports. Yeah, so he's gonna be driving the uh a third, isn't that right? Did Spire Motorsports buy a charter yes. for this? They they bought a charter. They paid 
Oh God, you know you have the info. It was forty million, but who they who they buy it from? Yeah, so Spider buys uh bought Live Fast Charter. Live Fast's Charter. Okay, so they're gonna use that charter they paid forty million dollars for. So, so that's like, four zero. Forty like boo hoo. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be running two cars in the cup series. Oh no. Or do they have two cars or do they just have one car? I don't even know. What? Live fast. Live fast. That's just BJ McLeod. Like he owns that car, so he just got a f- check for. Okay, 40 so he's going to be put in, in the Xfinity series. That that forty million is going to go to X- Xfinity series, not because doesn't he he runs Xfinity right? Doesn't I believe so. Xfinity? I think he's an owner in Xfinity. Yeah, I believe so. so. I mean, good deal for him. <laughs> he can be yeah. a back runner in Cup, or he can really sink some resources into its Xfinity program. Yeah. And in the meantime, Zane Smith's going to come up and he's going to get a year's worth of experience, uh, at least a year or two until probably Suarez is out of his contract and he's going to jump into 99. Yeah. I mean, we know that's coming, right? Wait, what? Say that again? He track house is leasing that car from Spire basically. Right. It's an oh, agreement. Yeah. 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 So Zane Smith is going to be driving for Spire, but he's got a contract with Trackhouse. You know, they're either going to make a third car at Trackhouse. They're either going to buy that charter, which is weird. Why would they wouldn't just do that anyway? Um, or they're going to replace a driver. And if Rocky yes. Stane has Bush mm-hmm. coming over, a major sponsor, I have a feeling it ain't going to be Chastain leaving. Hallelujah. I have a feeling Zane Smith's going to be in the 99 one day. Hopefully soon. And I feel like Suarez probably sees that writing on the wall too. So he, he needs to figure something out. Yeah. And, you know, Zane Smith is not the only one announcing what he's doing next season. So it was also announced that Daniel Hemrick will be racing the number 31 for college racing full-time in the NASCAR cup series next season as well. Uh, I am very curious what your thoughts are because I am not excited about that. Daniel, Daniel, um, Hemrick is yes. He is a NASCAR Xfinity series champion by winning his one and only race, which was the championship race. The only one that mattered. Yeah. I remember Uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> good luck to you. Like you were already in the, you know, in the cup series and you did nothing. So bunch of, a bunch of rookies right now, a bunch of really young rookie drivers are coming in with back marker equipment. Yeah. Or at least lower mid pack equipment. You know, it's, it's like all of a sudden that era other than Ty Gibbs, I guess, but you know, grandfather's money. Um, other well, I mean, I'm not saying yeah. anything that ain't true. No, Austin sure. Dillon did the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other than the, you know, guys like that, that whole idea of rookies coming in in top tier equipment, like William Byron or Kyle Busch, you know, some of these guys that have Chase Elliott, some of these guys that have recently just jumped right, and all of those were Hendrick, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um all these, these, these rookies that just jump right into this top tier championship winning equipment. That's not happening right now. 
You know, we got, has Hosovar announced what he's going to do yet? So uh, that was one thing that I did not catch, but on the broadcast, I'm pretty sure they accidentally slipped up and said that he was, he was signed to a cup deal for next season. And then I tried to rewind it, but it wouldn't let me go back on live TV for some reason. So uh, I did not catch that, but I've been watching X very, very closely and I have not seen anything about it. So maybe I misunderstood something or something, but I, Pretty confident they said something about Carson Hosfar in well, the Cup Series next season. I know he's going to run the 42 for a few more races this year. Yes. But, I mean, I, I'm guessing companion races to the Truck Series or weekends to the Truck Series isn't running. Right. Um, But I, I don't know about next year. I don't think it's in top equipment if it is doing anything. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Stuart Haas has an opening. You yeah. know, but I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if you'd run jump over there. Tell you the truth, because isn't the ten opening up? And I, I don't know. I mean, it was supposed to. This was his last year, right? Wasn't it? See, I thought so. It was. He was saying that he was going to retire at the end of the last year, mm -hmm. uh, but and then, he went one more year. See, I thought it was a, a two-year contract. I don't know. Um, and the four is taken up by Josh Berry. Mm -hmm. I guess, I don't know if Chase, Chase Briscoe and um, Ryan Priest are sticking around. I'm guessing Ryan Priest is because he's, he's still like really, really early in his contract there. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't, I don't think know. Chase Briscoe's any, going anywhere yet, but if he doesn't get his head out of his butt, he, he does he send odd man out though, doesn't he? He sure does. And once upon a time, he was the, I thought he was the golden child over there, you know, yeah. with how good he was racing at Indy and all that stuff. And it's not the case, but you know, what is the case is that Jeff Cluck on uh, posted on X that track house announced that it has signed that they have signed uh, Shane Van Gisbergen to a developmental deal, which will uh, include him running in select races to the NASCAR cup series, Xfinity and tracks, craftsman truck series and some late models plus some other races next everything season. he's gonna race everything he's coming over here he's moving to america he's, and he's he gonna is, get a crash course hopefully not literally in all things oval racing yeah it's gonna be very interesting to see that um yeah yeah once he i think he'll adapt to it pretty quick i will do yeah i, I mean I when you can adapt to something like a street course that nobody's seen at all and run it as well as he did and just, just kill everybody and go out there and win. You're, you're going to adapt to this fine. You yeah. Know, you, you're very good at that particular skill of adapting to something brand new. And you obviously have the driving ability. You're going to figure it out and he's going to be just fine. Yeah. And you want to talk about someone adapting to something. How about Dale Jr.'s impressive racing at the uh, Xfinity race? In the Man, He was on fire, wasn't he? <laughs> he was on fire. <laughs> literally um i mean he was up there he was racing he was leading the race and i mean looking unbelievably impressive like i thought he was going to win i even in the marbles fantasy cup participant ryan and his girlfriend hannah were at their very first ever race um they went to the arca trucks xfinity and cup series and i texted him and i was like man if dale jr wins this race this is going to be unreal um Really thought he had it, and then he literally caught on fire. Uh, something inside the the cockpit caught on fire and burnt a hole through his fire suit uh, leg of his fire suit. So 
you know what it reminded me of? Hmm. <laughs> just, just wait. <laughs> um, it reminded me of like someone that was like really good back in the day and real, real popular in wrestling, but they didn't want, they couldn't quite go back to WWE. So they went to like a, a pretty decent indie show, you know, to really beat up the young guys and really, you know, just show that, you know, they had, he, he still had it and the crowd ate it up and all that, but he was actually in a tag team match and he took, he, he, he took, uh, took a step back and let his tag, his young tag team partner get the win and get the rub. I mean, didn't his teammate win? Didn't his car win? Yeah. Didn't he like get a ride to victory lane on the passenger window? Yeah. yeah so, I mean, it kind of, it, it kind of felt like an indie wrestler, like a famous indie wrestler vibe, like a, like an old retiring indie wrestler getting that one last kick. You know, it just, I don't know. It, okay. it felt, it felt weird to me. It didn't feel like, Oh yeah, sure. Look how good he is. He's, he's back. It's like, it kind of felt like, yeah, he's in his own equipment, and we all know his equipment is really, really good. This is one of his favorite tracks, and he's beating up a bunch of guys that have way less talent than he did because he was a cup driver, you know, nearly a cup champion at one point in his career, and now he's racing in Xfinity. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I mean, but to be, you know, the devil's advocate, he mm -hmm. hasn't, he retired from full time racing in 2017. It's been a long time. You know, and like he only does one race every every season. So I mean, he's done a few late mile races lately. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there might be a, a little bit of a difference between you know a cars tour late model setup versus a, a, a Xfinity car. But I wonder. I, I see your point. Uh, honestly, though, I wonder because he's racing a bunch of short, fast tracks with cars that are designed to go really, really fast on those short you know, there's really fast short tracks like that. And he's jumping in an Xfinity car that, yeah, he's only racing the shorter tracks mm -hmm. when he does it. Like he'll only race like Martinsville or Bristol or something like that, or Wilkesboro. He'll never like jump in at Talladega again. You know, it's, if he does, he's a complete hypocrite because that's not why he, he, he quit because of tracks like Talladega mm. and the high speeds and the hard impacts you get from concussions yeah. and stuff. That's why he quit. So, I mean, not to say you still can't get something like that at Martinsville or Bristol. It it makes me weary when he races after he's come out and said that's why he stopped racing. You can get that impact going 120 miles an hour at Bristol just as fast as you can get that impact going 170 miles an hour at Talladega. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, for sure. You have a very good point. Um, either way, it was very nostalgic for me to, you know, be watching NASCAR. I, I'm not gonna lie, it's it was it was really cool to see him leading. I was yeah. surprised he was leading. I was like awesome. I, you know, obviously he's got his own equipment and his equipment's really good, championship caliber equipment. And he put his his little deal together for one race, had to scrounge up whatever crew he could find for that one race and that one deal. And it was awesome to see him up front. Mm -hmm. It was. Yeah. It's just, it, it put off a certain vibe to me, but it, that doesn't mean that it wasn't cool to see. I still pay to go see the the old indie wrestler that I used to watch in WWE back, way back in the day when he comes uh, somewhere local. I don't care if he's wrestling in front of, you know, a hundred people instead of a, you know, 
20,000, I'm still going to go pay to see him because I was a fan. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't a fan of Dale Jr.'s, but you get a point. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it was really, really cool for me. And I, I was a little upset of, you know, seeing how that ended. I hate but, that it ended that way. I do. Yeah. I would have liked to see how he would have finished it out. Yeah. Um, so that was a little bit depressing, you know, to watch, but kind of moving to a little bit of a more depressing topic, uh, Sherry Pollock's uh, big NASCAR fixture, I guess, um, a woman in NASCAR that was in relations with Martin Truex Jr. for what, six, seven, eight years. Um, yeah, always by side. Like you know, literally, she was, was he was more by her side. Mm -hmm. You felt because uh, she was going through this uh, cancer battle, yeah, and you could see the progress that she was making, and you saw her struggle on TV just about every week mm -hmm. because she was prominently there by his side. You know, so yeah, big fixture in the garage, and I guess she also had a lot more going on once they uh, once their relationship ended, didn't she? Yeah, so you know, okay, so I learned of Sherry Pollock's. Uh, th obviously through Martin Strokes Jr. I didn't really, it wasn't, but maybe 2016, 2017, I really kind of discovered who she was. Um, right. Obviously she's been, she was going through uh, the battle with ovarian cancer, which is kind of hits home for me because that's the exact same cancer that is, you know, my sister's currently battling right now too. So it's like, I, I guess I didn't put two and two together until then. Um, obviously Sherry was, by Truex side, every single anthem, every single race, uh, Truex and and Sherry both created a um, a charity foundation, uh, helping families and and individuals help fight the ovarian cancer and childhood cancers. Which I mean, she literally had so many different charities that she had going on all the way up until her death. Um, she did pass away on Sunday. The race, the cup race, was Saturday night. She passed away on Sunday. Um, and, you know, it sparked a lot of amazing human beings coming out of the woodwork, such as uh, Delana Harvick, uh, Samantha Bush, even Amy Earnhardt, you know, a lot of amazing people and not just, you know, the wives of the uh, race car drivers, but like the drivers themselves, you know, Larry Mack, you know, posted something like a lot of amazing people in the racing world came out to, you know, Hey, she was an amazing person. Um, she did a lot for, you know, whatever it was, like just so many kind words, except the one, the only Danica Patrick. In fairness, she didn't say anything about, True. um, yeah, she didn't say anything about, uh, Sherry, Sherry. Oh yeah, she gosh. didn't, you know, I didn't, didn't know her name specifically before this. I really didn't. I just right. really knew her as Martin Truex's uh, girlfriend that was battling cancer. And I knew that they had broken up. I yeah. knew who she was. I just didn't know her name. So um, she yeah. didn't say anything specifically bad about Sherry. But it's the, you know, like, okay, on Truex's Twitter, he came out, I guess it was Twitter, it could have been Instagram, I don't know, on his social media. He put out a statement that was pretty okay. It was it was not really a heartfelt, like personal message. It was more like something that was um, kind of written out and gone through with a fine tooth comb. It kind of was corporate speak a little bit, but they're not in a relationship anymore. They had a lot of years, yes, but 
and I don't know what their current situation was, but he by no means was mean or anything like that. He just stated factually, he's like, like I've always like, something to the effect of I've always been so impressed by her determination and her drive and uh, how her 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 battle with this and how she was she's always I don't know. Do you I, I have to read? Do it you want me thing. to read it to you? You can read it. Go ahead. I didn't have it up. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, so this is Martin Truex Jr. And bear with me, okay? Because I'm dyslexic, <laughs> okay? I get so nervous doing this. Okay, so Martin Truex Jr. statement. He posted this uh, apparently on uh, Instagram. He said, this is the statement. He said, from the very moment of her diagnosis, Sherry was determined not only to fight ovarian cancer with everything else she had, but uh, also to make a difference in lives of others battling this terrible disease. Sherry's passion for making a difference in the lives of others was inspiring to everyone. Through her tire, tireless uh, charity work for so many years, her legacy will live well beyond our lifetimes and continue to help countless, countless families who are battling ovarian and childhood cancer. I would like to extend my deepest condolences to her entire family who have shown incredible strength and resilience throughout her battle. That was the statement from Martin Truex Jr. See, not very personal, but right. it made it a point to paint her in the absolute best light it yeah. possibly could. Um, so now for people that might not be, you know, quite with it, uh, with this whole situation, Martin Truex Jr. and uh, Sherry, they were together for, I think, close to 10 years, very open about, you know, everything with their relationship. And I want to say it was just, a few months ago that they actually announced their split their uh, they were no longer in a relationship. So the fact that Martin sure, was a little longer than that, but yeah, it wasn't very long at all. Yeah. I mean, it had to be in within the last six months. Right. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, I'm, I could go back and, you know, fact check it, but That's I fine. mean, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, however, Danica Patrick, uh, reposted that to her Instagram story and added to it uh, saying, I avoid negativity on social at almost all cost. Almost dot, 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 dot. Oh God, it drives me crazy. Uh, but this is the most insensitive, disconnected statement from a guy I have never liked. And obviously for good reason. I don't care about what happened between them, but this is as cold as it gets. A PR rep wrote this guaranteed. And then she went on to say, you're free from this now, Sherry, with a heart emoji. <laughs> My Such bad taste. So in a true Danica Patrick fashion, just like IndyCar, just like Formula One, just like NASCAR, uh, the company that she was she was working for, uh, Sky Sports, uh, terminated her after this um, post, which I couldn't be more excited about. So it's it's a very um, not reading the room kind of situation with her right there. That nobody, nobody nobody out there is looking at his statement and saying, Oh gosh, she's finally free of that. Yeah. Nobody says anything like that. Mm. What a jerk. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not jerk. Mm. 
yeah, not my favorite person, but so maybe we can just not ever talk about her again. Yeah, I'm that, no, unless I'm we're gonna laugh about how she, you know, couldn't, you know, do anything. Yeah, I'll say one funny thing about Danica Patrick one day. Right, right now, I'm gonna say one funny thing about Danica Patrick real quick. There was a wreck. Okay, of course there will always. Work for oh yeah. Um, I think it was at Daytona yes, because it was. it was a night race. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about here? Oh, I know I exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But was, she was dating somebody. Who is she dating? Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yes. So there was there was a wreck. Okay, it was a big wreck, right? And Stenhouse was like, "Stop!" Like Danica got involved with it, and a bunch of people got involved. With it. Stenhouse was like, "Stop!" Just past the start finish line, or just like going into turn one on the flat, off the track, I think even. Yeah. And Danica had gotten to the wreck and all that. And she's, she's way behind it, like in the trioval and stuff. And she just got into the straight and they got an in-car camera of her as she's looking down. She's like not looking up at all. And she's driving, but Stenhouse has stopped right in the middle of the, right in front of her down there. He's completely stopped. Not even on the racetrack, like on the apron, but he stopped. And Danica's sitting there looking down. She's looking at her gauges. She's looking. I don't know what she's looking at down there. But all of a sudden, bam, she runs right into a stopped Stenhouse under, like at well after the wreck had happened because she wasn't even watching where she was going. Yeah. I have never seen. I have never in the history of watching NASCAR seen somebody crash into somebody because they straight up were not watching the road. Yeah. <laughs> Her her entire NASCAR career was almost as embarrassing as Juan Pablo Montoya hitting the jet dryer at Daytona. What's that? Well, Juan Pablo won once. Yeah, yeah, he won. Yeah, she. You know what? At least we remember that wreck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what a spectacular <laughs> moment that was. Honestly, um, the only thing that Danica Patrick ever did in NASCAR was she won the pole for the Daytona 500 and then sank like oh, a rock in her rookie year. Right. Yeah. So it was like, Oh wow. What are we wow. going to see here? Yeah. You know, we were all just mesmerized. You know, like, Oh my gosh, she's going to like kill it. No. Yeah. No, literally didn't even. Yeah. No. Um, speaking of, and trying to get onto a little bit more brighter of a topic, uh, speaking of, the Daytona 500. So I was sitting here and I kind of stumbled into something that I, I don't know if you, if you've noticed, and I don't know if it's too much of a big deal, but I, I figured I kind of saw something and I, I was like, Oh my goodness, I figured it out. So normally we have the, the next season's uh, cup schedule for the NASCAR, you know, cup series, Xfinity series, truck series. We have yet to get that. And everybody is very much on very much anticipating this schedule because we can, you know, uh, figure out our vacation and try to go to certain races. Mm -hmm. And I was watching the race and it had a commercial for the Daytona 500 where you could go to pay, uh, like buy tickets. So, uh, shout out to Jordan Cassatt from uh, stolen gimmicks, pro wrestling podcast. He, uh, kind of turned me onto this app that sells like concert tickets and stuff. Um, and I'm going to spell it because my, once again, my pronunciation. So T I C K P I C K tick pick. Uh, it's an app and I absolutely love it. I actually bought, that's how I bought the Kansas Speedway tickets at the very last second, um, for a couple weeks ago. And I, so I went on there and I was looking to see how expensive Daytona 500 tickets were. And then I went to go see where, uh, like, um, 
how expensive like really good seats at Kansas Speedway. And then I realized something. Um, if you click on NASCAR and it'll have obviously the rest of this season, you know, November 4th, November 15th, or November 5th has the NASCAR Cup Series Championship race at Phoenix. And then it says November 14th, uh, Daytona 500 qualifying. And then it has the, 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 the Daytona 500 on February 18th. And I keep on scrolling. And what do you know? It has more races so obviously auto club was you know uh the second race of the season has been for a while and now it's not in you know circulation anymore um and now of course now all of this says well except for the second race of the season so it has daytona 500 on february 18th on march 3rd it has uh the cup series at las vegas Mm -hmm. and then uh the 10th it does say tbd so it could change but it has it uh the third race of the season at phoenix and then the race after that is richmond and then after that it kind of skips it goes from april to june to august to all the way i think that's the deal they're they're settling on positions for tracks and certain races and things like that and they just don't have them all set yet yeah that's why the schedule hasn't released like we do have here and there, we do have some races that are scheduled, like uh, the the Clash is coming back to the Coliseum. Um, I think that's run its course, but whatever, that's fine. Whatever, take dirt away. Let's bring back the football stadium. Whatever, yeah. Whatever. But um, they they have that set. Obviously, Daytona Five Hundred is set. Um, the end of the year is going to end in Phoenix. That's pretty much set. You're Atlanta race is probably going to be the 4th of July race again. And sometime early August is going to probably be the Brickyard Oval. And we know the first two or three races without knowing the second date. I think I heard that they're talking about putting Sonoma mm. in that spot. Yes. Yeah, I don't like that. You don't like that? That's not Southern California. I mean, Sonoma. The weather, the weather is not like Southern California in February mm. or early, early March. Yeah. I think it'll still be February then, won't it? Yes. Yeah, that's not that's not good weather. Like that's not good sunny, you know, warm weather <laughs> for California. That's that's like northern California. Can we that's, try it? That's though? cold. I mean, we can try it. Um I don't know. Where's Auto Club? It'd be different. Auto Club, Auto Club is in Southern California. Okay. It's so like where Riverside was. And Riverside used to be the opening race. It used to be Riverside was the race before Daytona. Hmm. Yeah. Imagine a time when Daytona 500 was not the first race of the year. I don't want to live in that world. <laughs> it used That's to be weird. Riverside. It really did. Right. <laughs> Way back in the That's day, it used to be Riverside. Well, um, that's super yeah, we're going to hear it. We're going to hear more and more as we go. They just got to get it all settled and no release all at once. Yeah. Somebody asked me, um, I think it was Jody actually, he asked me and I have a question from him here in a minute. Um, I should have asked it during the Bristol talk, but we kind of were all over the place, but yeah, I think it was him that was asking me. It's like, well, why don't they So they, it isn't like the NFL or anything like that, where they have like a set day that they release a schedule. It's like, no, no, not with NASCAR. There's too many moving parts because mm. It is like the NFL owns everything. You know, the NFL has this, you know, I mean, I don't know the technicals, technicalities of all of it, but they own the teams. 
they own the or they own the 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 licenses to all the teams and the stadiums and all this whatever they own they control it all right yeah. they're the ones that move everything around they make everything nascar doesn't own any of this stuff i mean they they own some of the tracks but they don't own all of it you know, and they, they got to have the dates that match up and they got to have all the other series doing all these other things. And they, I mean, they got a lot of moving parts and a lot of contracts has got to be signed. So it, t- it takes a little bit. It's a little late in the year this year for it, but it takes a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, we have a couple more things um, in the Marbles Fantasy Cup. So uh, I will say that I'm I'm a human. And I make mistakes sometimes. So I I, I want to apologize to Justin. Um, so I guess there was a little bit of a mix-up. And in the Marble, in the Marble Fantasy Cup, I have a like a what I call a history book. And I have where I keep track of everyone's picks and how many points and everything. And I made a mistake where I I have a checklist for every participant. And it, you know, let's say you you've chose you know the first five races you chose Denny Hamlin Joey Logano you know whatever I have those listed and I have a check mark by each driver so once it gets to three I know to add that driver to that person's list you know on the ladies and gentlemen post every Thursday you know and you know just some just simple ways for me to keep track of it and on Justin I feel super bad that I uh, I posted that post on thursday like i always do and he chose christopher bell so i made a mistake of i wrote christopher bell twice on his checklist so one is said that he had he had used christopher bell twice the other one said he only used him once so i was under the impression that he christopher bell was totally okay for him to use uh, thank God. I don't know why I did this, but uh, normally every single week so far, I have waited until after the race to update, you know, all this information. And for some reason, I I thought I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it now before the race. And I, by the grace of God, caught this uh, <laughs> in pl- in time to send Justin a message really fast. Like, hey, man, I am so sorry. I miss I messed up. Um, you have to choose somebody other than Christopher Bell. Uh, you've already used him three times. I kind of showed him what was going on. And of course, you know, he was like, oh man, I don't know who to pick. And um, so he ended up going with uh, Chase Briscoe, who obviously didn't do as well as what Christopher Bell would have done. So that that point lead that he had on Matt going into this, uh, going into Bristol was 66 points. Uh, because of that miscue a little bit, um, that point standings has has differed uh down to 38 points which is hey i would love yes, love that's love. a race it's pretty much a whole race yeah yeah i would love to have a 38 point lead over everybody else but i'm setting you know 170 back so um justin's not very he's not mad at me but what's funny about it was uh this all happened on um saturday saturday evening Friday, so the day before all this happened, Justin reached out to me and he was uh, asking me if we had prizes for the rest of the season. He really wanted to get involved with the prizes. He wanted to be like a donor, I guess. Hmm. Uh, he said, what can I do to to get involved with the donations of, of a prize race? So, you know, we sat down and we kind of spitballed some things and he uh, decided that uh, with this race this weekend at Texas, if there's a winner he will personally purchase an in the marbles fantasy or a little in the marbles 
with Soda and Ethan t-shirt from whatamaneuver.net in your size. Obviously, if there's more than one winner, we will do a random draw, and mm-hmm. that person will just have to give their their size to Justin, and Justin will order it, send it straight to their house. So we, I want to thank Justin for his generosity. And then the very next day, all this happened, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> bad um but nevertheless after bristol justin is still 38 points ahead of matt matt is second nicole has solidly in third now seven points ahead of drew who's in fourth jessica still in fifth rock is sixth i am seventh john brown who uh actually won this uh, uh this race at bristol uh, celebrating the, the birth of his first ever born first ever born first born um Dean J. Brown. So congratulations to to John on his uh, amazing accomplishment accomplishment there, dude. I'm getting so tired. My goodness. Uh, John is eighth. RJ is ninth. Josh is tenth. So you are um, solidly in eleventh. <laughs> Let's see. Billy is twelfth. Tim is thirteenth. Caitlin is fourteenth. Fifteenth is Joe. Jody is sixteenth. And Ryan rounds out the field at seventeenth. And like I said, Ryan obviously had been in communication with me all weekend long. He was having a blast. He's been posting it on Facebook all week long. He is still on cloud nine from his uh, awesome weekend at Bristol. That's awesome. And um, uh, also, thank you, Justin. That's uh, that's really cool when any of the, uh, the, the players in this Fantasy Cup join in and want to contribute to the prize fund. That's that is really really cool. We also still have a uh, a pending prize, you know, out there from uh from Drew. He's uh, still got those cards. I just haven't got up with him yet because we've had other prizes on deck, you know. So if there's ever a, a a dull week, you know, that maybe we're a little you know slim on prizes, we could always do that too. Just uh, I just have to get up with him to see if that's still something he wants to do. But I'm pretty sure it is. But yeah, it's really really cool when any of the uh, any of the fantasy cup players want to contribute or do anything like that because yeah, everything we do is pretty much coming out of our pockets. Yeah. You know, we're not, yeah, you know, I'm not, you know, you know, paying for the podcast with skinny mixes. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> I think I've, that, that has been used uh, twice and once by me. So yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, I mean, it's products that people want to try and if they don't want to, it's fine. And I think, a few times the shirts have been bought, but not a whole lot, you know? So it's just, we're, we're doing this because we enjoy it and we like the community that it's building. And we like the idea that, uh, all these people, they want to jump in and contribute and have fun with this too. I did not think when we started this, that this many people would be into what we're doing. Oh no, not a chance. Especially like with the fantasy cup series. You know, I did not think that many people would jump in on this. I thought maybe if we opened it up, we'd get five or six people tops. We got nearly 20 people. Yeah. And next season we're, we're filled in for 21 people Mm -hmm. and that's losing a couple people that is currently in our uh, fantasy cup right now. And the the most impressive thing to me is here we are, we are uh, seven. No, was it seven races left? Yes. Everybody's still here. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's missed a week. Well, I think I think one person missed a week just straight up because they had something going on. Yeah. But nobody has said, This is boring. I'm out. 
Yeah. Nobody's done that. Everybody's stuck with it. Everybody is here every single week throwing picks out there. Um, I do think having prizes throughout the year contributes to that uh, because even if you're not in the championship hunt, you want to win something. Right. Right. I mean, I'm not going to win the title, but I've won twice this year with prizes. You know, with a Joey Logano card at the beginning of the year and a um, the one the other week, the Noah Grayson autograph card, which I got in. Awesome. Came perfect. It's sitting over here on my, my shelf right now. You know, I didn't have anything like that before, like an autographed, you know, race win car. That's the first one of that I've ever gotten. And I got it because of this fantasy cup. Yeah. And it's and it's not even because I'm part of the, the owners of it. You know, it just happened to be that. That's how it worked out. You know, it's, it's just, man, I love it. I love the fact that everybody's having fun with it. I love the people. I love the fact that everybody's wanting to contribute, wanting to help some. I love that everybody's stuck with it and they're coming back next year for the most part, which is fine. You know, you know, you do whatever you want to do. If you want, don't want to come back, that's, that's fine. That's totally fine. It's no big deal. Uh, I do like the fact that we do have more people on the way. I'm excited for it. I just think it's cool. Yeah. Um, obviously Josh J has been a massive, uh, donor to, you know, the, the giveaways and stuff. Mm -hmm. So mass, you know, and then drew, he did something, you know, with the cards and stuff. And with Justin, like your guys's generosity does not go unnoticed. I promise you that. Um, every time Jody Mitchell or, you know, it just anyone reaches out to us and says, Oh man, like I was really not into NASCAR, and then listening to you guys, like it got me into NASCAR. Like it is, it is the best high a drug can never cause. You know what I mean? Like it's unreal. Just, um, ugh, I can't even, I can't even talk about it just because it gets me so excited and like just so proud of what we have created from nothing. It's so mind blowing. <laughs> um, speaking of Jody. He does have a question if you want to get into that real quick yes. and then we can finish up whatever you have as far as uh, talking points and we I'm need to done. get them out of here. You're done. done. Cool. Yeah. Let's do this question and we'll get out of here. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a short answer. Uh, do you have a theory as to why both the Xfinity and cup went so long under green compared to usual Bristol races? Uh, tire compound. I, yeah, I think it's the uh, the fact that they made the track uh, to the point where they could stay away from each other. You know, like yeah, we saw two distinct lines, a top and a bottom. You really couldn't run the middle. It was a top and a bottom. So if you go throughout the entire corner as far away from the other cars you possibly can, you're not going to hit them as much. Yeah. <laughs> So you're going to have less cautions, except for the ones that NASCAR manufacturers about throwing stage cautions. But yeah, uh, I, and uh, Goodyear also brought a new tire this weekend, which I was keeping an eye on. I was really, I don't know, I was really excited, but I was kind of nervous to find it out. Um, I guess they did a co uh, a softer. Um, oh gosh, what they say, uh, an inner wall. Or something like that. Um, it was, I don't know. Jeff Burton did a really good job of explaining it. I'm not even going to try to attempt. Uh, but I thought maybe tire compound and the PJ1, probably the two biggest factors of, mm -hmm. of you know, those long green flag runs, which I absolutely loved. 
I do too. Um, I do get that on some tracks you kind of, you kind of have to have that. Um, I really do feel like on some tracks you kind of do need that reset if you want to keep it entertaining. Yeah. I completely understand that. There are certain tracks that I feel like you really don't need that because eventually it's going to take care of itself. You know, I feel like Martinsville and Bristol are two tracks that that's going to take care of itself. You're going to get cautions eventually. Um, I think Talladega, Daytona, the way they have Atlanta configured right now, those do not need cautions on stage races. You know, the stage breaks don't need cautions because they're all in a bunch together anyway. Right. What's the point on slowing them all down just to start them back up? There's no point. The road courses, I loved that they kept that out because you could bring that old strategy back. You didn't have to choose, well, how am I going to race this race? Am I choosing to win the stage and get points and not win the race? Or am I going to actually win the race and not get any stage points? You didn't have to make that choice anymore. You know, you didn't, you just didn't have to do it that way, but they're bringing that back for the Roval. So, you know, whatever that is what it is. Um, but yeah, I would you. I like that. Uh, I like that these uh, short tracks go green for long extended periods of time, especially a place like Bristol, because it's not boring at Bristol. Right. It's so fast. There's literally they call it the conveyor belt because you give it about 10, 15 laps. You literally have cars nose to tail all the way around the racetrack. You know, just all over the track, and yeah, a lot of fun. But I'm starting to ramble a little bit because it's late. And I'm getting tired just like you are. Full disclosure, it's like 10, 10 p.m. now that we're doing this. So I think it's time to get on out of here, man. Yes, sir. Uh, we want to go through the uh, podcast drafting partners real quick and thank all these people for uh, you know putting on the shows that they do and supporting us. And we're supporting them in return. And uh, you'll hear some of their commercials during our break today, too. Yeah. Uh, fully Postable Wrestling Figure Podcast, uh, Drunk Wrestling History as well as a side project from one of the uh, hosts on the Fully Postable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Um, doing the favor with Eric and Barry, they do not have a current podcast going, but they do have, I believe, pretty soon a separate show with Three Brews. Like they're yes. going to be putting out two shows a week now. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, and Lord knows who, who you're going to hear there. You know, Barry calling me out for only picking Alabama players. I couldn't do that this week, Barry. And you see what got it, where, where that got me. All the Bama players were playing on Thursday or Sunday night or who, wherever else. They weren't playing Sunday afternoon, so I couldn't pick the Bama players. And then I finished third to last. Anyway, <clears throat> I still beat Eric, though, so that's good. Uh, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, nearly weekly shows, if not weekly. They, they always putting out something with some classic wrestling. I, I love it. Um, Jason Wolf, I it's kind of up in the air whether his chop shop is still kind of in business or not. He's still, I don't think it's officially going, but he's still kind of, he's still making stuff. I've seen some renders of some stuff he's doing right now. A little bit of a, a hard times dusty mm. render going. I mean, I'm yes. like, man, I'm gonna have to buy that. <clears throat> and, uh, his podcast also howling at howling at the howling with the wolf. Yeah. Howling with the wolf. Yes. Yeah. Howling with. I want to keep saying like Howling at the Moon. I don't know why I want to say that. Howling with the Wolf. Uh, check that out. Magic and the Mouse is. Uh, I think their podcast pretty much has changed to anyone can cook, and 
they're not only doing uh, YouTube videos on recipes and stuff from Disney World, but they're also doing some um, kind of opinion pieces and uh, touring through the parks on their latest visit. They're doing little um, like vlogs and little shows about their recent visit. And uh, it's always a fun, fun watch, fun listen, wherever you happen to pick it up if you're into Disney World and, and all that whole Disney culture and stuff like that. Uh, who you got, Ethan? Yeah, as always, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour hopefully will be coming back very, very soon. I am extremely excited about that. Uh, go listen to the archives of You Know It's Fake, right? Uh, Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel with Brian Breaker and Daniel Cross. TV Toycast with Brian Breaker and Jeff Toon filling in for Travis Fowler for the time being. It's on sabbatical, but go check out No Holds Bar with Bill Benis. You heard their commercial earlier. Go check out Tales from the Estate with Drew and Caitlin with cameos from Rocco and Cole. Like Tales from the Estate, you also heard Pulling Up a Chair with our friend Tim at a chair shots commercial as well as uh three brews podcast with ryan tyler and aj go check that out stolen gimmicks pro wrestling podcast with joe and jordan reffing it up with brian hebner and that's all i got you flew that a, flew that a lot faster than i flew through my stuff Man. <laughs> for a change yeah <laughs> um well thank everybody for listening to this week's show please Go and rate and review us uh, anywhere that you happen to hear it. Go ahead and do that. It would just help us out a lot. Follow us on all the social media platforms, X, Instagram, wherever, at In the Marbles Pod. You can also find us on Facebook, and that's also where our Fantasy Cup uh, page is. It's on Facebook. But if you aren't on Facebook and you want to join, you can always just get with us on, on X, Twitter, whatever, uh, Instagram. You can even email us individually, whatever. We'll figure out a way for you to get in this. And uh, we'll keep you up to date on all that. We got a few people that aren't on Facebook. So that's a, just throwing that out there. If somebody does want to get in on this and they don't have Facebook, there are other ways. Yeah. They can figure it out. Um, also, you can email the show anything you, any questions you have or any comments at inthemarblespot at gmail.com. If you go to watermaneuver.net, you can find the T-shirts, which is apparently going to be a, a prize this week if you win yes. the race uh, or win the drawing if there are multiple winners. Um, you can find our t-shirts there at watermaneuver.net. Just search by store, scroll down to end the marbles and there we are. And don't forget to use code marbles at skinnymixes.com at checkout for 10% off your first order. And before we get out of here, you got anything you want to add? As always, peace, love, and all the above. And we'll see you next time in the marbles. <laughs>